welcome to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. This is Josh, joined by you. You. Oh, am I supposed to say my name? <laughs> Hi, I'm Ian. Ian is here. It's, yes. Uh, finally. Finally, the podcast that, that the people have the been people clamoring. Demand. The people have been clamoring for none of those other guys. The Josh you and me. The Josh and Ian show. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a rip snorter. We're recording this one in the past, which we always do, I guess. But mm. in the past of when we normally record it, because I'm going to New York City next week. And what? Yeah. So, kind of at the last minute, I asked Ian if he was free Sunday afternoon because usually he's working for the man mm-hmm. Monday to Friday. It's true. So we're going to chat about some upcoming stuff, but really the mystery is we don't really know what's playing next week a little bit. We kind of know the big stuff right. next week, right? Um, but we have some other stuff coming up we could chat about as well. Mm-hmm. Part um, of the adventure of scheduling week to week. Yeah, which is always in the old blessing and the curse category. Yeah, yeah. You look at the Bytown, mm. our friends at the Bytown have a two-month schedule. Yes, two-month calendar that they publish. Which even back when we did a one-month calendar, it's... You get stuck sometimes. Yes. Whether it be something sad, like, say, Prince dies, and everybody's like, play Purple Rain. Yes. Depending on where that fell in the calendar, you might not be able to fit that in for two months. Yeah. So now we can really roll with those punches of Mm -hmm. both a a film does really well. Right. We can hold it over. Yeah. Or something happens at the last minute, awards, things like that. Yep. We can schedule it in there. Something becomes available suddenly, we can slot it in. Or, not to get into it, but if something horrible happens and has to be removed from a schedule, <laughs> which that can happen as well. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so we program every... Lee finalizes stuff, usually, with the exception of a, a holiday or something, mm-hmm. on Monday for the following Friday to Thursday. So it's really right. nice and last minute. Yeah. So recording this on Sunday afternoon, we do know that our big Greg Sestero week is coming up. Oh my... It's kind of fun because logic would dictate people like zeros. Mm-hmm. So we should be celebrating the 100th in December. The 100th month of screening the room. This crazy world record yes. that we own. Yes, <laughs> and, for better or worse. But Greg, and I, I've talked about this before, but the chance that mm-hmm. the 100th month happens in December when yeah. people are usually busy. Yeah. On top of that, Greg has a new film coming out. Right. On top of that, he wrote a book which... A movie was adapted from, which is also coming out. Yes. Which is getting Oscar buzz. Yeah. So Greg's really busy all of a sudden. Yes. But we've managed to get him here for the 99th month. So we're celebrating the 99th month of The Room. Which, if you know much about The Room, is kind of perfect. I like you're, it. St- you're celebrating the 99th month instead yeah. of the 100th because, yeah, the thing that would make sense would be to celebrate the 100th month, but things that make sense don't really have anything to do with The Room. So. And I think it's interesting because. You know, when you're in the trenches of something, mm-hmm. we know the room. The room has been... The room trenches. The room trenches has been a part of the Mayfair for... Dug with plastic spoons, those yeah. trenches. And what's the math? It's like seven years or seven and a half years that we've been screening this. Yes. Every month and then additional times. Yes. And we have a special visitor. The I... grand outside world doesn't know about the room still. Yet. No, no. The disaster artist is coming out soon and then I think people... There will be a whole new wave of room cult growth I think oh yeah yeah I had a free pass to go see the cinematic masterpiece that was Justice League oh yeah and on their overhead and the only time I visit the old multiplex is when I can sneak in for free yeah they had the Disaster Artist trailer playing Uh. and there you see 
Seth Rogen. There you right. see James Franco. Yes. I think Brian Cranston might be in the trailer. I forget, right. but some very recognizable actors. James Franco, Dave Franco. And I just imagine... Franco Brothers. The average person going to see a multiplex film looks at that and is like, oh, what? It's the guys from Pineapple Express doing yeah. another movie? Yeah. Yeah, and I just imagine that they're looking at that and they think it's another... I guess it is kind of a buddy comedy. Yeah, but, yeah. And kind of surprisingly, I think a lot of us thought... I mean, Franco's done some pretty mainstream stuff, but also a lot of weird little indie stuff. Yes. But all he of keeps a sudden... Himself, he keeps himself very busy doing a lot of stuff that yeah. uh, that most of the public never sees. There's a lot of stuff like buried deep within the Netflix algorithm that's been like written, right. written produced, directed by, edited by, starring James Franco. <laughs> yeah. And a cast of Francos, you know? And he's... A film teacher, I believe. He's mm-hmm. a painter. He's, yeah, yeah. he's really one of these modern... He's like a yeah, renaissance man of a particular sort. He's like published books. Is it Gia Coppola? Which Coppola is it that directed Palo Alto? Right. Those all based on his his collection of short stories. Yeah, he yeah, appears yeah. in that. He had a run on, was it what, General Hospital? Recently. Basically playing himself and then later appeared as himself in the show as well. He's very like... It's it's fascinating in a it's, way. It's almost like Andy Kaufman esque mm. kind of some of the stuff he does, and you don't know whether he's doing these weird paintings because he's actually doing them or it's part of the shtick. Is it just a performance? Yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. And now he's playing Tommy Wiseau, who yes. many people think is a performance piece. And I've told people before that I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm in the high ninety. 8, 99% sure that he's a real guy mm-hmm. and if he isn't it really is the greatest Andy Kaufman trick since Andy Kaufman did his yeah. stuff yeah. just the way that Lee's had to deal with him and that there's no there's no people there's mm-hmm. no secretary when you get an email from the room it's mm-hmm. from Tommy Yeah, that I'm like no he's a guy who stumbled <clears throat> into this and made a movie and now a dozen years later it's still an industry for him yeah, yeah. crazy and especially now with this coming out I keep on comparing it to Ed Wood mm-hmm. because you've got a small movie that it got Best Supporting Actor. I think it was nominated for Best Script. It won at least one Oscar. Mm-hmm. The difference now is that Tommy's still around. Right. And again, I've mentioned this before, but James Frank was the kind of guy who would bring Tommy as his plus one. Mm-hmm. So my dream is that yes. we're playing the Oscars on the big screen. Yes. And it wins Best Adapted Screenplay, mm-hmm. and Tommy rushes the stage. Yes. And all of your Jack Nicholson's and Meryl Streep's have no idea who this guy is. What's going on, yes. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Especially here at the Mayfair if yes. that happens. Nothing I like better than a baffled Jack Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> happens more and more these days. So yeah, so we're in honor of the <coughs> room. Mm-hmm. We're screening on so it's November 26th, 27th, and 28th. That's when Greg Sestero... Will be in Co- the building. Co-star of the room, writer of the book, The Disaster Artist. Yeah. Inspiration for James Franco's greatest work yet. He'll and be here in the theater in Ottawa, standing on our stage. Thanks. So the first, the Sunday, it's weird timing, but it's weird timing, I believe because Greg is going to Australia afterwards for a film festival. Like Why not? So he's here, like a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Ideally, it will be a... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, probably. So the first day, none of these are double bills, but the first day is Best Friends, Best Fiends. Yes. Followed by The Room. Yes. The second day is the Greg Live event. Right. Followed by The Room, and the third day is Best Friends again. So he'll be here for all those. And the live event is an evening inside The Room? Is that what it's it's called? Is it basically like a live script reading and 
Q&A and... And I believe some form of a behind-the-scenes documentary that's never been shown before. Right, okay. So, so for the room completists out there, this is a yeah. must. Yeah, I'm very curious if there'll be folks here. Man, I remember when Tommy was here a couple of years ago, there were some people who came six times. Yeah. I've only seen the room twice. Yeah. I've been in its presence many more times yes. than that. Yeah. But, oh man, like even something I love... I can't imagine being like, I'm going to watch... Six times in a row. I'm going to watch Army of Darkness six times in a row. Yeah. Some people did it. Yep, yep, and God bless them. And man. please do that again. Yes, Feel free keep, to do come that back, again. come back, keep spending your money. Buy popcorn. And I finally saw... Have you seen the trailer for Best Friends? I have not. So I yet. saw it last night. Gwen and I came to see... I want to experience it pure. Yes. Yes. Professor Marston. Oh, yeah. And the Wonder Woman. And the Wonder Woman. It's very interesting because the trailer isn't shy about the Greg Tommy stuff. Right. There's a little tagline that says, Together Again. Yes. And it says, From the writer of Disaster Artist, and, you know, and... Yeah. But it doesn't seem like the kind of movie... I don't know. It doesn't seem like the kind of movie that will garner spoon-throwing. Right. I don't think Greg wants it to be. Right. But they cast Tommy Wiseau in it. Yes. <laughs> when they could have cast somebody else. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very interesting little... It's something, but a thing like the room is kind of like lightning in a bottle, you know. It's like you can't, you, it's very difficult to recreate that. It has to happen by accident. Well, we we mentioned before that whenever this was four years ago, mm-hmm. we screened Sharknado, right? And I came that night. It was great. Right. The crowd was fun. It yeah. got a standing ovation at the end. Yeah. And they laughed at the right parts. And and Sharknado, I don't want to defend Sharknado, but it knows what it is. It, it manages to pull it off. Right. But then we played an encore screening a month later, mm-hmm. and nothing happened. It yeah. was 40 people came. So yeah. I think, and I could be wrong, somebody yeah. point me out if I'm wrong, but I think it's Rocky Horror in the Room. Like mm-hmm. in 40 years, there's a lot of bad fun movies, there's a lot of cult movies, Yeah, but I think we screened the two movies that garnered yeah, that. That people come back for over and over, over and over, over, yeah. over, and over again. Yeah. Like yeah. There, there's, there's all kinds of driving classics and Russ Meyer stuff and Ed yeah. Wood stuff, yeah. but nothing that garners that. Loyalty, is, yeah, yeah. People come out for on a monthly basis. Someone like Greg has a certain kind of fame where he's famous to room nerds, mm-hmm. but no, like you know, yeah. My mom doesn't know who he is, no. <laughs> so it's no. it's a weird little indie cinema fame that we manage to latch on to. Yeah, and I'll be curious to see what he does next because, like you said, it's. I remember we screened Troll Two, yes, which was super fun, yes, and it had a documentary attached to it, yes. Best worst movie, best worst movie, yes. And I was chatting with... Ottawa Premiere right here at the behind. That's Minnesota. right, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we, we shipped in the star, mm-hmm. who is a dentist now. He was very... He was great. He wasn't like a diva. He knew no. exactly what the movie was. Yeah. But he said they were trying to do a Troll 3. And I kind of said to him, I was like, do you think it'll work, though? Because you guys doing Troll 3, you know you're doing Troll 3. Right. When you did Troll 2, you thought you were doing a just horror a, movie. Just a movie, Yeah. yeah. And it, it never happened, and it's, it's, hasn't, it's hasn't hasn't happened yet. You have your own cult phenomena. You've written a couple of. Uh, I, I just saw this now. You, yes, no, I. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter. And you I, guys really made the rounds, and yeah, like, it's true. That movie uh, traveled all over the world. It's been it's been shown, I think, on pretty much every continent except except Antarctica. <laughs> Next, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take it to the South Pole. Yeah, I am slowly working on a screenplay for a sequel to that, but it's like. It is that it is that thing where you like, if you try to recreate that, I think it would just fail. You have to like do something different. Yeah, you have to make it its own thing if you're going to do a sequel to it. 
Yeah, because you know? it is. It's interesting that it has this. It's it's funny when you know when your friends work on stuff. Mm-hmm. And for myself, I have friends who are filmmakers or friends who are comic artists, and yeah. I always forget. I'm like, oh, there's people who look at you guys and you're like, oh, you guys directed that. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it's just somebody I talk to about programming, and yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, like that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it has stuck around, and that it's still. When was the last screening of it? Oh my god, I don't even know. Maybe here was there like it an might, anniversary? It might have been. Might have been here. There might have been some. There might have been some festival screening more yeah. recently than that, but I'm not sure. Yeah. There's a movie, and if I'm getting this right, I got it wrong in the last podcast, but it's called the The Lost Skeleton of Cadaver. I think is what it's called. Last, last Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. Cadaver is that it? Cadavera, I think. And it was done purposefully B grade. Yes, to emulate. I think. I think actually when we had Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter at Slam Dance at the Slam Dance Film Festival in Utah, I think that same festival was when the Lost Skeleton of Cadavera premiered as well. It was either it was either Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter or Harry Knuckles and the Treasure of the Aztec Mummy. It was one of those two. Right. Yeah. But it and was like it yeah, it came out right around the same time. And I was I was not a <coughs> fan. Like really didn't like it. Like it just yeah. it, it didn't but I have a couple friends who love it. Right. You know, yeah, Spinal yeah. Tap style. Like right, they, right. they 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 have it on DVD, they've watched it a bunch of times. Yeah. But for me I just thought it's it's hard to it's hard to fake that. Mm-hmm. It's like when they try to bring back, like I mean, Batman sixty six. Mm-hmm. They weren't or, or old Doctor Who episodes, right? They were of a certain time, of a certain budget. Yeah. But you hear people, kind of nerd celebrities. I hear I hear Neil Gaiman or, or yeah. Craig Ferguson talking about it and saying, "No, when when I was ten and mm-hmm. watching old black and white Doctor Who's, yeah. I was scared." Yeah. And so there's still currently Doctor Who, but with bigger budgets and better effects Mm -hmm. you look at those and they're practically black box theater Mm -hmm. but they still affected people yeah and they still garnered their audience and garnered their loyalty yeah yep I remember being scared by Doctor Who when I was a kid yeah like watching it on TVO the black and white episodes there was one about giant caterpillars or giant something giant caterpillars I want to say in the sewers and it freaked me out oh yeah to the point where I had to like shut off the television and leave the house like, go outside yeah. looking for my parents. I think it was... Yeah. I might be getting this wrong, because I, I, I love Doctor Who, but I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. But I think the old Daleks didn't fly around. No. And so... They just kind of rolled. Craig Ferguson said when he was young, he lived in a very British row house that yes. we, we've seen a million times in all yeah, the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the modern Doctor Who, they started flying. Yeah. And he said, as a grown-up, yeah. it happened. And in the back of his head, he actually still got scared. <laughs> Because he was like, oh, my God, they can come up the stairs now. Yes, exactly. And all logic aside, yeah. it still affected him. Right. So it's interesting that something that could be seen as bad or cult or B yeah, yeah. can still have that effect on you. Yep. And, you know, those are a bit more, I guess you would lean towards drama. Mm-hmm. But The Room, people still ask me, what is The Room? Mm-hmm. And I say, well, like, on paper, it's a love triangle, I guess. Sort of, yeah. A, a not quite a thriller. Yeah. But if you take, take the cult not, out of it. Not and, quite a lot of things. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The most simple... Sort of, yeah. I hope Tommy's drama. not listening to this episode. <laughs> but the most simple rules that anybody knows of... Anybody from watching film all their life knows of, oh, we introduce this character. Oh, right. someone comes in the door. This happens. Yeah. You can't walk left to right and then all of a sudden be walking the other way. Yeah. So it breaks all those rules. Yeah. And this is what I'm most looking forward to 
sadly we're not getting it as fast as we would like, but we will get the disaster artist yes, sooner or later. Eventually. And I'm going to wait to see it here. But those shots of the crew, who mm-hmm. were hired like any crew. Yeah. They spent $6 million on that movie. Yeah. Which is like an outrageous budget for what that movie is. And I completely forget what it is, but if you look it up on IMDb, yeah. it's something like, I might be getting this slightly wrong, but it's like the camera guy in the room mm-hmm. is the same camera guy on La La Land. And the sound person on yeah. the room is the same sound person on Birdman. Right. So these are all legit crew people. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like it's getting your friends fault. and family to hold the blue yeah, pole. No, they no. spent a lot of money on that. And now, thirteen years later, mm. unlike Ed Wood, mm-hmm. it's really all that Tommy was always done. Right. He's done a, like a little cameo in a couple of their B movies. Yes. But just this month, yeah. we have Best Friends and Disaster Artists hitting theaters. Yeah. And that's really the most prolific he's been mm-hmm. in a while. Mm-hmm. We screened. That, An episode that, of a web series that he did. Right. Neighbors? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yes. And that, it felt like the room. It felt right, like... Yeah. But again, it was... I think at that point, people involved were like, oh, it's this guy. Mm-hmm. Lee said, I never heard about this before. We kind of brushed over it last time. Supposedly, a couple times here, Tommy has said he wants to do Dracula. Okay. That's all public domain. Right. And I don't Why know not? If, if Lee was giving him the Grand Tour of Ottawa, but I guess uh-huh. he might have gone to the museum just to cross over in Quebec. And they have right. a bunch of old-timey, turn-of-the-century rooms and, and things okay. where, I don't know if they would let him, but I think Tommy got in his brain, like, oh, I could film here. And I could just... film Dracula here yeah. at the Museum of Civilization in Hull. So now my, this is... <laughs> Why not? I want this to come to fruition yes. of Tommy coming to Ottawa. Yeah. And anybody listening, this isn't, re- like, don't don't put this up on the internet. No. <laughs> this is us speculating a dream. Yeah. But coming to Ottawa to film a movie... Mm-hmm. And and with a Transylvanian accent, yeah. Why not? Yeah, blah. <laughs> so that that's uh. a that's maybe, and Lee pointed out that this is a big time for Tommy because if mm-hmm. he's going to get funding for something, right now is the time. Yeah, and suddenly everybody knows his name. Suddenly there's like some cachet to working with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens in the next. He hasn't been involved in any scandals yet. Not yet. Nobody's come forward to accuse him of anything. No, no. He's clean so far. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. But I'm looking Except forward to it. Wearing his belt strangely. Yeah, that was a bit, somebody asked me if Tommy was real, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I said, all I know is one day I walked into the office and Tommy was always sitting in here eating dinner mm-hmm. and offered to share his fish sticks with me. Mm-hmm. And we chatted for 10 minutes about stuff. And I'm like, yeah, he's a real guy. That's, he's, and it's this weird, this weird delusion. And it's the audience's fault mm-hmm. is that at the end of the movie, he gets a standing ovation. And so he stands up there, and he thinks his movie is right. good. Yes. <laughs> and I, I wasn't witness to this, but a friend of mine came the last time he was here. Mm-hmm. And some guy, some smartass in the audience, said something kind of mean. Right. Like, you've made this really bad movie, yeah, yeah. and people like it. Do you think that's strange? And our crowd turned on the guy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically, like, booed him. And Tommy just kind of brushed over. He right. didn't sink in. He didn't, yeah. it didn't hurt his feelings. Yeah. So you can't, you can't knock him down. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll have Tommy here sooner or later. <coughs> well, that would be delightful. It'd be nice to have him back, whether he's making Dracula or not. So that's the thing we know is coming next week for sure. November 26th, 27th, 28th. All right. If you're listening to this right away, you can come get tickets, advanced tickets from our box office, and enjoy the Greg Sestero extravaganza. Sestero-ganza. Sestero-danza. Sestero-mania. Yeah, you know, we're chatting about... 
we're pretty sure on Friday, I think this is confirmed, is the new Todd Haynes movie is coming to... Wonderstruck. Wonderstruck. Yes. Which I also just saw the trailer for. It's Todd Haynes making a kid's movie, yeah. basically. Like, yes. in it, one of the, the pull quotes is something about a rare family-friendly movie. Mm-hmm. Todd Haynes doesn't scream family-friendly. No, not necessarily between, like, Velvet Goldmine <laughs> yeah. and... Carol and every time this, this happens, this adaptation of Mildred Pierce. Going back years, yeah. I remember going to see Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. at the World Exchange Plaza, the yes. extinct World Exchange Plaza, and I'm sure you can go back to Midnight Cowboy, mm-hmm. maybe like Apocalypse Now, maybe even further back than that. There's always movies that get critical praise mm-hmm. and Oscar buzz. Yeah, and there's this assumption that if you get critical praise, you're a Merchant Ivory movie, right? I remember seeing Pulp Fiction. I think I was too young to see it, unless it was rated 14 here. I can't remember. I might might have snuck in. I'm not sure. But people walked out at certain scenes because they don't like the violence. They don't like the language. Because they assume it's going to be, you know, remains of the day. Right, yes. I'm always curious. very genteel with nice scenery. Yeah. Yeah. And so people coming to see Wonderstruck and then going, well, what else has this filmmaker done? Yeah. And then popping in Velvet Cold Night. Yeah. Yeah. There might be a bit of a, there might be a bit of a learning curve there I guess I yeah love, I love Todd Haynes like uh, I love his movies like from uh, from the uh, oh I can't remember the title now the, oh, no. the Barbie movie the first thing that he did is superstar the Karen Carpenter story that's yeah. what it is yeah an unauthorized biography of Karen Carpenter mm-hmm. and enacted entirely by Barbie dolls yeah it's, uh, fascinating yeah like ever since then I just bought his movie safe with uh, oh yeah, uh, it just came out on Criterion Blu-ray. Got that. Was that the first time I saw Julianne, Julianne Moore? Moore? Maybe. Yeah, it was like I remember of, seeing that in the theater. It was sort of like near the beginning of her rise. Yeah, it was definitely that '90s. Like she was like rising up as one of the indie darlings. Because like she did that, and then Boogie Nights. Yeah, and then, Boogie Nights and was after that. So it was Lost like, World. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I always remember John Waters. Mm-hmm who I, I miss dearly as a filmmaker. It's been a while since we've seen anything from... I, I don't Waters. think he's coming back. I think he's kind of writing books and doing yeah. tours and hosting, you know, murder reality shows yeah. and stuff like that. But he said he has a kid's movie. And nobody would let him make this kid's movie. Huh. Because he's John Waters? Because he's John Waters. Yeah. And I'm like, man, kickstart that. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if Mystery Science Theater can make five million bucks, I bet you John Waters can make a couple million bucks to... Like, Seriously, Netflix doesn't have money for that? Yeah, let John Waters make a movie. Amazon just paid how much for the rates for Lord of the Rings? Oh my god, yeah. To, like, reboot Lord of the Rings? Because we need a new Lord of the Rings? I mean, at least with... Like, you can't can't pony up a little money for John Waters? I would would love it. I would love... I I, I want a John Waters Pixar movie. Yeah, basically. Come on, Lasseter. Make that happen. That'd be so good. Yeah. And I'm sure he'd behave. Like, he'd be like, no, we're making a a, a Mm -hmm. G-rated animated John Waters movie with all those characters which is a little more tame yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. Im- imagine Stepmom or, or Pink Flamingos but just take, right. out, take out all the you know but still yeah. have those characters like, yeah. oh that'd be great yeah. but yeah I always imagine people going to see what was the David Lynch one the long the straight story straight story yeah, yeah. Somebody going in blind and seeing that, and they're yeah. like, oh, I oh, like that. Let's watch this eraser head. Yeah, that was very nice. Yeah. Very, the old man rode a tractor. He rode his lawnmower all the way to visit his brother. How pleasant. How lovely. Let's see. Oh, oh, wild at heart. Let's yeah. give that a try. Flames <laughs> yeah. screaming. Yeah, it's, it's tough for a director, no matter how big you think they might be, there's still that fight. Like, yeah. they, they still have to... Yeah, every project. 
with, with rare exceptions. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're like J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. You can do anything then. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at least... I always joke about hating to mention Netflix, but at least with Netflix now, I think they might be getting more wise to this because Amazon was smart about it of releasing Manchester by the Sea theatrically. Right. Then you can get your Oscar nominations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we screened Manchester by the Sea for, I think, eight weeks. Yeah. And then they put it on their home platform. Yeah. And really, I mean, I watch movies at home like anybody every once in a while. Yeah. But... I think that covers their bases because people who want to come out to see a movie are going to mm-hmm. come out to see the movie mm-hmm. and people who either aren't near enough to a theater or are just the stay at home type yeah. will stay at home yeah. and I think they're getting savvy to that and I forget the exact rule but it's not it's like two weeks in a major market in a major market like Los like Angeles that, yeah, it ha- yeah exactly so yeah I don't know I mean, who knows how much longer those rules will be around? Like, yeah, you know how much how much longer till you can get an Oscar for a movie that only ever plays on streaming? Who knows? It's such a blur now. Yeah, and and, and again, like at least we're getting these. Even a while ago, we had some cult type movie, mm-hmm. and I forget what it was. But on our Facebook, somebody said, "Oh, I'm so excited because I just got the Blu-ray in the mail. Right, but I'm going to the Mayfair tonight to see a big screen." Mm-hmm. That's the dream customer from a producer <laughs> point of view yeah. of they have bought your product yeah. and are going to go buy a ticket to your yeah. product. There was a time when there was a huge gap between theatrical, yeah. when something played theatrically, and when it appeared on like VHS, let's say. It used right. to be, it would be like a year. Oh, yeah. You know, easily a year, two years sometimes before you could see it at home. So it was like you needed to go out to the movie theater if you were going to see this movie. In your lifetime, possibly. Because oh, yeah. you could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah. But now it's like things are coming out in the movie theaters and on streaming simultaneously, same day and date, you know? Oh, yeah. And like so. we, we have a, a nice relationship with Disney. And if you look at the past couple of years, the mm-hmm. past nine years, we've screened all the Pixar stuff and, yeah. and Zootopia and yeah. Wreck-It Ralph. But usually we have this really small window. Mm-hmm. And you'll see, like, we'll play it on, like, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday or a March mm-hmm. break or something. Yeah. And then it's gone. Yeah. Because I remember, I think it was Zootopia. We mm-hmm. played it. It was like a long weekend, so we might have played it three or four days. Yeah. And then that Tuesday, yeah. even though it doesn't seem like Blu-ray is a thing anymore, yeah. but it was coming out on Blu-ray that Tuesday, so that's when it got locked down to us. Yeah. So that was our window. Yeah. Like, it, it left the multiplex, got it for a weekend, and then it was gone to... Yeah. We missed out a couple recently. We missed out Beauty and the Beast, which we actually had... I remember we had posters up mm. in-house because we right, thought it yes. was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it did... Better than they thought, I think, so it held over a bit. And they, like left theaters on a Friday yeah. and then was out on Netflix like a week later or yeah. something. So unfortunately, we missed that. But usually for stuff like your La La Lands and your Birdmen, yes. we get them. It just takes a couple months. Your La La Lands, your Birdmen. Your <laughs> yeah. Birdmen. Your Birdmen. And, and like Star uh, Wars, if history repeats itself, we'll get for March break again. Right. It was kind of like a three-month layover. Yeah. yeah. See how that goes. But our patrons are nice. They're the kind of folks who will say... We love you. Are you getting Dunkirk? And we're like, yes, 100% for sure. It might be only for a week, but we're going to get it. And we got it, and people waited, and it was cool. I waited to see it here. Yeah. I never... It wasn't 100% intentional. I might have... I think I just missed my opportunity to go and see it when it first came out. But I was very glad that I came to see it here, actually. Oh, yeah. And it's like... And I'm not just trying to be cinema snob, but I don't... I don't love the multiplex. I just don't... Mm -hmm. So I will go... And use my scene visa points or use right, the free yeah, pass yeah. I got yeah. and go see, you know, the movies I don't think we're going to get, like right. Thor or something like that. Right. Everything else, I just see it here. Should we talk about Justice League? You went to see Justice League? I went to, we talked about it last week, but oh, we, really? we can mention it again. Was it, is it 
in your estimation, is it the disaster artist of movie of no, superhero movies, or is it the room of superhero movies? I'll apologize for people who listen to this two weeks in a row. All right, but you don't have to go on about yeah, it. I was just curious because I wasn't here last week. It's as I kind of thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It was a bad movie with half a dozen really good moments in it, mm-hmm. but those half a dozen good moments weren't good enough to make it like a three out of five movie. Mm. I even in a good mood, and I hate kind of rating things. I'm not good at rating things. Yeah. But it was like, yo, maybe two and a half out of five, mm-hmm. maybe. It has a lot of nice moments. I kind of, glass half full, look forward to a solo bro Aquaman and Flash <laughs> movie. Yeah. Because the Aquaman is being directed by James Wan. And I right. really like his horror films. And everything I've read is him going out of his way to be, no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be family friendly. It's right. going to be fun. And the Flash movie lost their director. Yes, they've had a troubled production. It's gone from everybody from Lord and Miller to Robert Zemeckis, from what I understand. Yeah. But Ezra Miller was really good. Mm-hmm. The good did not outweigh the bad. It felt like a 75% Zack Snyder movie. And even little things, like Gwen got... Gwen noticed it before I did, I admit, but mm-hmm. the Amazons in a Patty Jenkins movie... Right, in Wonder Woman. ...are in armor and leather and yes. helmets. Amazons in a Zack Snyder movie are in... Basically like, leather bikinis. Leather bikinis. Yeah. And you look at that, and you you really kind of mm-hmm. squint, and you're, oh no, you know, yeah, yeah especially in our current climate, it's not it's not a great look. And I and, say I, I went to see Justice League, and I strangely did not hate it. Yeah, I was like very ready to hate it. Mm-hmm. I expected to hate it. I've never, I don't think I've ever liked a Zack Snyder film, and I don't, and I didn't plan on starting now. But maybe it was just a case of lowered expectations. It managed to step over the limbo bar that I had set for my expectations. You yeah. Know? So it was not, strangely, not not hate-worthy, I felt. And man, like, I... Also, it was kind of, it was under two hours. And that's which is, like, kind of stunning for a superhero movie now. I think they cut the hell out of it. And, and so there's a lot of stuff in the trailer that wasn't in the movie. So. And even actors, like, I know that Barry Allen's girlfriend was mm. supposed to be in it. She was cut. I think Lex Luthor was supposed to be in it more. I think he was cut out of the right. picture. Is and I and I wish DC. Does, I love DC. I'm a DC boy. I love mm-hmm. DC. I have a big Barda tattoo and a Plastic Man tattoo. Yes, you know I can see them from here. So it's not that I'm on Marvel's side, right? And I imagine a world like you know, like like a chaos theory world. Mm-hmm. Imagine a world where John Favreau mm-hmm. directed. Man of Steel, right? Or Brad Bird directed Man of Steel. Yes. Zack Snyder was busy. He had yeah. another gig. Yeah. I think we'd be in a very different world. Yeah. And the same thing is, like, imagine if J.J. Abrams directed Transformers mm-hmm. and Michael Bay directed Episode 7. Right. It, it all comes down to that, really. Mm-hmm. You know, so I still think there's hope for DC. Wonder Woman was... Better yet, imagine a world where Michael Bay fell off a ladder and broke his neck. Yes. Not that we want that. <laughs> <laughs> Just took a dark turn there. <laughs> no. But there is a reason we've been we've been running this theater Michael for Free. this we're running this theater for nine years. Yep. And there have been how many years of no Michael Bay? Nine nine, nine years. Nine years. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, it's a good time. Uh, I keep on meaning to maybe for the tenth anniversary I want to do like a a trailer or a, a slide up on the slideshow. Michael Bay for you for a decade. Yeah. yeah. If, if we could find like Shaggy being like, a jerk and like pushing around a PA and like knocking over a camera and throwing coffee at people. Let's do a slideshow of all the movies you haven't screened. Yeah. 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 Dare somebody to name the subtitles of the five Transformer movies. Oh my God. You can't. The first one was Transformers and then yeah. it's a blur of random boggled words. Right. <laughs> and like, not, we show big, we show Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, sure, sure. We, we show big movies, but yeah. 
You gotta draw the line somewhere. Again, our blessing and curses. We have one screen, yeah. And amazingly, we have an abundance of riches now. Yeah. And even like this week, we're in the midst of we have Victorian Abdul, Florida Project, Wonder Women, Departure, Seventy Eight Fifty Two. Way too many movies. Right. But they just that's what we had to squeeze in. Yep. So next week, the week of November twenty fourth, mm-hmm. one of these movies might be held over, and if not, might come back later. Lee said. Right. Just because we have those. Three nights eaten has, up by has Greg. Florida Project been popular? It has. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't had a chance to see that yet, but I really liked Tangerines. So yes. I'd like to come and see the Florida Project if it's held over. And I really liked Professor Marston a lot too. Yeah. that's a really. I've, interesting I've story. heard good things about it. It's like a fairly standard biopic, but better. Yeah, and, and really like this like great love story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really well done. Yes. I want the filmmaker to do the Bill Finger story next. <laughs> like, very different subject, but, right, but yes. complete the trilogy. Do, yeah. do Bill Finger and then do Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Right. Yeah, yeah so if you, if you haven't had a chance to see those movies, we'll hopefully maybe get them again, but mm. we're on this train towards the Oscars now where it's yeah, just going to be packed. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. Yeah, I think we've done... Well, I forgot, we did a bit more before that. We had to pause for a second, but we were past our half hour. Oh, we're my God. probably closing into 40 minutes, so we'll right. wrap this up. If you heard any... Screaming in the background is because we're screening a birthday party for like 60 kids watching a cartoon. Yes. So we're multitasking this podcast at the same time. Uh, but yeah, check there's us been, out on... There's been madness and cake and vomiting. Vomiting. Before the show started. Ugh. Yeah. That's, that, that was my... Uh, Got to clean up vomit today. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not all glitz and glamour here at the yeah. Mayfair Theater, as hard as it may be to believe. So yeah, we're not sure the schedule, but um, if you're smart mm-hmm. enough to listen to this podcast, you're smart enough to go and check out our website or Twitter or Instagram. Oh yeah, Dead Shack. We should mention that the writer and executive producer of Dead Shack will be here. He said he's coming for both screenings, the 29th and the 30th. That's cool. He may be doing some, I don't know, we sent out a press release, so hopefully he'll be able to do some interviews with the local media. Yeah, You may yeah. hear something about it coming up, but if not, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a local cool. Ottawa guy who's made this horror movie that's uh, touring festivals and doing gangbusters, and he's just like, he just like reached out to us and said, oh, hey guys, I'm back in Ottawa, I'm going to come to these screenings, I can, yeah. do, a, I can do a q and I'm going to introduce the film, so, you know, we'd love to have filmmakers in attendance here, so, yeah, if you're looking fun. for, if you're looking for a cool indie horror film to check out, uh, Dead Shack, November 29th and 30. Yeah. And go visit our friends at House of Targ, our sponsors across oh, those the guys street. Are the greatest. They're presenting the uh, 80s masterpiece that is The Last Starfighter, mm-hmm. a rare video game movie. Uh, I keep on telling people to get warmed up, you can go play Galaga across the street yes. or Asteroids. Yes. And they'll, I'm sure we'll have maybe some prizes from Targ to give out for that. Was there ever actually a Last Starfighter video game? There is. I asked them about it, but it's really rare. Yeah. Really hard to track down. Yeah. But yeah, so Galaga's close. Galaga's, you're in a spaceship. Galaga's, Galaga's pretty things. close, yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon with a more normal podcast where we can talk about what we're screening. And I'll... Uh, Hopefully I have some fun New York stories when I get back All next right. time. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Okay, bye. Everyone's given one special thing, right? Everyone's blessed with one special thing. I want you to know I plan on being a star. A big, bright, shining star. Eddie Adams from Torrance. Yep. Jack Horner, filmmaker. I make it. Exotic pictures. In 1977... A kid from nowhere. Maybe think about your name. My name, yeah. Something a little pizzazz. Dirk Diggler. Good name. I like your name a lot. Had a dream of getting somewhere. Jack Horner has found something special in newcomer Dirk Diggler. So let me just pop in his A-track. 
and you just give a listen to what you think, okay? It was a time when disco was king. These are the ones. These are great. Yeah, those are really cool. Are they lizard? No, they're Italian. Do you like my shoes? They're pretty cool. Sex was safe. <laughs> Pleasure was a business. Cut. Terrific. Nice work. And business was booming. And the award for best newcomer goes to Mr. Dirk Fiddler. Wow. Goodbye, 1979. Hello, 1980. Are you ready? But in 1980... Come on, you puppy! The party was over. You are fired! What? You're fired! You're fired! It's jealousy, it's deceitfulness, it's vindictiveness. But, I mean, God, what can you expect when you're on top? Oh, wait, 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 wait. About this part. New Line Cinema presents... A portrait of two decades in the life of a business, the days of a dreamer, and the nights in between.